If you're a mom, which I assume you are because you're listening to this podcast, I bet you have heard of the product Mabel's Labels. These labels that can go on your kids' lunch boxes, they can go on clothes, they are laundry safe and dishwasher safe, and they are just a lifesaver. They're customized with your kid's name. If you haven't heard of them, definitely go look at mabelslabels.ca. But that is not what I am talking about today. Today, I am actually speaking to the co-founder of Mabel's Labels, Julie Cole. And this is really an incredible conversation with a very successful mom and entrepreneur. She is a mom of six. She is a former lawyer, and she and her co-founders have built an absolutely incredible Incredible brand to the point that they actually sold the business a couple of years ago, but she loves it so much she is still working there. I was really excited to talk to Julie today because she is such a successful entrepreneur, but she also started her business at a time when her son had just been diagnosed with autism at the age of three. And as a parent of a son on the autism spectrum, that really resonated for me. And so we talk a little bit about that, as well as her journey into building a business and how she finds time for balance, and if she finds time for balance, actually, and how she makes it all work together as a busy mom of six. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. She drops a ton of truth bombs and wisdom on us, and it is just awesome. Enjoy. to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp, and each episode I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community, because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hello, Julie, and welcome to Around the Campfire. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Are marshmallows included? And in I, I will have to mail you some. <laughs> you <might> have to. <laughs> so can you start by introducing yourself, a bit about you, your family, who you are? Sure. Okay. So my name is Julie Cole. I am... Um, I'm the co-founder of Mabel's Labels, which is um, a company I started ooh, a whole bunch of years ago with three other women. And uh, I also have six children and I'm a blogger and I do a lot of parenting stuff. So I'm, I, you know, I'm busy and it keeps me out of trouble. Yeah, that sounds quite yeah. busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we started, I'm not sure if you're interested like in hearing, um, you know, how we started Mabel's Labels and why and that sort of thing. So I can- For like, sure. Okay, so- like I said, we started, um, actually it's like 16, 17 years ago. And we started Mabel's Labels for a couple of reasons. Well, first off, I started with these three other women. One was my sister and two were friends from university who actually went on to marry my brother and my young uncle. No way. Yeah, I know. So we all are, we're related, um, <laughs> which is an interesting dynamic too. Uh, so basically we started the company for two reasons. And I think often when entrepreneurs are starting up, you've got to kind of understand your why you want to do this because it's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, so you got to have a pretty strong why. We had two. So the first one was we noticed that there was a product missing from the market. 
So we all had little kids and we were using masking tape and permanent marker on our kids' belongings when we were going to play dates and to daycare and things like that. And we thought, oh, um, there must be something better than that option. And there wasn't. So as good entrepreneurial mamas, we created it. So that was one reason, a product missing from the market. And then the other reason was, um, I suppose the real catalyst for why we launched what we did was because at that time, I only, only had three children and the oldest had just turned three <laughs> and uh, he was diagnosed with autism. So at that point, I really felt like the traditional workforce was no longer going to suit my family. I wanted to set up an amazing therapy program for my kid. And so I went to the gals and said, right, uh, I think now's the time. And they're like, let's do this thing. And we haven't looked back. Awesome. I have so many questions about everything you just said. So first off, um, I just want to touch on, uh, I'm a parent of someone on the autism spectrum. Whoa, really? Yeah. And uh, my son was diagnosed at the age of eight. So a a lot later than typical. Um, But this part of your story really, really resonates with me because it can be so hard to know what that right path is and what resources are out there, which ones are going to be right for your child. And especially when you're working a full-time job and trying to figure that out. But you seem to have done an incredible job of building that support team for your son. I mean, he's in university now, right? Yeah, he's in second year university. He's uh, got his driver's license. Actually, he's finishing exams today. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and uh, he's uh, got you know lots of friends. He's done. He's done great. He's done just great. That's amazing. So, yeah, what ad- what advice would you give someone who is trying to navigate both the medical and school systems, and how you put that team together? Okay, so I was uh, I was um, a, a really strong advocate for my son. I did a lot of research. I um, got a team together straight away. I'm a big. My son was a very big responder to ABA, my mm. behavior analysis. My advice to parents, like if you have a little three-year-old or something, you think something's up or a two-year-old, get something in place. Even if you don't have a diagnosis, you don't need a diagnosis to know something's up with your kid and that they have deficits. So, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with putting things in place even before, because sometimes the doctors are a little reluctant to give a diagnosis, but you can Mm -hmm. be, okay, they're flapping and not talking and all the other things. So you need to, like, I just, right away, we put together a 40 hour a week ABA program, honestly. Wow. We went really hard. And honestly, the other thing, like, that's tough is that it's very expensive. If you're on, we sat on waiting lists for my guy, but I'm like, I can't have him running on a waiting list. So we spent the money. And I think you, like that early intervention time, you never get it back. So you beg, borrow, you steal, you remortgage the house, you do without holidays, you do whatever you do, can do to get that early intervention time. Yeah. That's what my advice would be because you know what? I love my children, but I do want an empty nest one day. (laughs) I do not want my, you know, adult autistic son (laughs) sitting in my basement playing video games. Like he's he's a taxpayer, like go on. So I thought, you know, I really just felt very strongly about investing in that time uh, when he was young, um, just for like best outcomes for my guy. That's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. Awesome. It's, it's such a challenging thing. Yeah, that's right. I was just going to say the school thing too. Like I just really, um, this, I just, I just was like, it is the squeaky wheel that gets the oil. And totally. They school, like I worked really well with the school. We had regular meetings. 
Um, and they literally just kind of did what I wanted because they didn't want to see my face there. Every day. <laughs> and they knew that, that they, you want to see my ugly mug in your office every day? I will do that. So, you know, you just have to, it is a case of the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So mamas, uh, if you've got a kid who's got some exceptionalities, just squeak, squeak, squeak your little hearts out. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Okay. So you were a lawyer before founding Mabel's Labels, correct? Correct. And so, and I, I've read quite a bit of your story and I've heard you on other podcasts. So, um, you've, you left your law practice and then you were in your sister's basement making labels, right? Yep. (laughs) Okay. So I want to know, how do you even figure that part out? I mean, I'm always so amazed by entrepreneurs that create a physical product from scratch. So where does that come from? How do you start that? Yeah, it was quite a process because, you know, at first we thought, oh, well, we need a, you know, dishwasher, microwave safe material. That's going to be easy to find. It really wasn't like we, and we knew what we knew we wanted, you know, an extremely durable product. We're moms. We know what we want. Um, so we got all kinds of different materials. We had them in our dishwasher for a year. <laughs> like we did a lot of testing, a lot of research. Um, Amazing. The material we ended up using is quite interesting because it was used for an entirely different purpose. And I won't say what that purpose is. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so true. That happens all the time, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, we thought, hold on, this stuff is working for our label idea. And uh, so once we did all the research and all the testing and we were happy with our product, we just, honestly, we just launched it. And I can remember that first night, like we had like very limited funds, right? And uh, we literally sat around my sister's house and wrote letters to our friends saying, we've launched a business. Can you buy something from us? <laughs> amazing. For a hundred stamps and that's how it all started. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So was there a moment after working on the project? I mean, please let me know how, how many years or how many months it took, but for when you realized that this was actually going to be a thing. Right. So I'm going to say we had some early indicators that this probably was going to be okay. Um, Cause it's, I mean, man, it was scary. Like when you invest that kind of time and emotional energy and finance into a project, like, you know, when you start, you have to have an appetite for risk clearly. Um, but it's scary because you think, gosh, like, what if it doesn't happen? It changed my whole perspective. I would like drive by stores that were closed down and start crying for the owner. I was like, <laughs> oh, I feel your pain. Um, I think because we had a couple of early press hits mm. and, um, you know, we, we, we kind of saw that, okay, people are kind of getting this. And that was a challenge too, because we were bringing a new product to market. It wasn't just that, you know, we were launching something that already exists. And we were launching something that we had to tell parents they needed this product as well. Now, fortunately, that wasn't a tough sell. And when people would see the labels out there, like if there was a kid at daycare with them or a kid in the school, the parents were like, what is that? And I need it. Exactly. Yeah. So there, it, it kind of sold itself, which was good. And we, yeah, we got, um, we got a couple of early press hits. Uh, the response was great. Um, and then the more the product got out there and, you know, moms, like the whole word of mouth thing, you know, we yeah. would have, we had so many like loyal customers who would just 
you know, passionately talk about our brand to other moms that they saw at the school drop-off, the side of the soccer field, wherever. And remember, this was all before social media. That's true. So, you know, we relied heavily on word of mouth. Our whole marketing was so different then. But soon as social media hit, we knew that the moms would own it. And look at that. I mean, we are all like, we, you know, we're all blogging. We all have podcasts. We all have great Instagram accounts. Like this is, we are connectors. And so for us, when social media hit, we're like, wow, this is like a whole new vehicle for word of mouth for people to talk about our product. So we jumped in like no toe dipping. We were right. We were early adopters of social media and, and, you know, I've been blogging for gosh, like 12, 15 years. Like when people didn't even know what blogging was as a way to connect with our customers. Right. So that's been a a huge game changer for us, you know, and a huge success building, building a community because that's what moms want from the brands. They support, they want community. So we have over, you know, 200,000 Facebook fans, an engaged blogging community. And, uh, and it, and it's, it's not only good for business, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Totally. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I know you weren't born an entrepreneur. I mean, you were a lawyer, as we've said. How does someone grow that entrepreneurial gene? And yeah, it- you know what? It's a really good question because, you know, people often think, you know, are you born entrepreneurial or can you become entrepreneurial? Like, what is, and I actually think that some people are born that way. Like, I, one of my business partners was very entrepreneurial. I think it's, it's a talent like it is you're born musical or athletic, but you can also not be good at music and still learn an instrument True. or not be super athletic. But I've got a very unathletic friend who does marathons, right? Like she just, cause you can train and you can train and you can get there. And so I don't think that I was very entrepreneurial, but that now has definitely grown. And I think once you've had a little taste of it, it's kind of hard to go back, you know? Right. It's the old thing of, uh, you know, I love that. I love having my own business because I have the f- flexibility to choose which 16 hours a day I'm going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and are you still working 16 hours a day? You know what? I, I probably do work a lot, but I, and I, but I did find the flexibility of entrepreneurship amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was able to, you know, provide the um, therapy for my son and advocate for him. Um, but it also was important for me to also work because that just fills another like part of me that, that really makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mom's got to be happy, right? Nobody, Absolutely. You know, be happy if mom's not happy. So, um, so I did, I did love the flexibility and it did mean for my family, although I do, you know, I do work a lot. Um, you know, right now, like I'll work from home today because I have a sick kid or I can do that. Now, sometimes I can't, like I do travel with my work. I miss many kids' birthdays, but they all, things like that, but they have also seen the benefits of it. So it's give and take. Right. So what would your best advice be to a, a mom entrepreneur just starting out? Oh, honestly, um, yeah, you have to have a little bit of an appetite for risk. I would say, though, for a mom who's starting out a business, I would make sure that the people in your life know exactly what that's going to look like. And that means, you know, you put kids to bed and then you disappear into your study or to your basement or to your garage or whatever it is, and you are there for hours. And 
You don't get to binge watch on Netflix. You don't get to, you know, these are the things. And then you, and you also don't get a paycheck for a long time. Right. So, you know, people love the idea and they think, oh, being my own boss, it's so glamorous. It's really not. And if your spouse thinks, you know, isn't a hundred percent or your partner isn't a hundred percent on board and know what it looks like, then either, you know, the relationship would fail or the business will fail. Because if right. you're getting a guilt tripped by your partner, then this ain't going to happen. So I just think you need to go in with your eyes wide open and the people in your life also, even your children, you know, you have to set the boundaries. You have to let them know what this is going to look like. Um, remind them of the benefits, but yeah, I think just you, you have to make sure if you're a mom that all the people in your life are know exactly how this is going to look. That is excellent advice. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Okay. So you've mentioned you have six kids. Uh, So how did you find a sense of balance or or did you, to be totally honest, managing the business and a family of six kids? Yeah. Look, it's, um, I feel like I've got balance. I mean, I know people are always like, there's no such thing as balance. Right. I, I, I don't know. I feel okay. Um, I think probably the reasons it works for me is that I don't take myself too seriously. I don't care if my house is a bit messy. I don't care that my kids aren't getting gourmet meals. They're fine. I gave up mom guilt four kids ago. I don't like I'll just do the best I can. And if I feel out of balance, I make a change. That's right. quite simply like I have, I have the power to do that. We are all the authors of our own book. I'm not going to like lie in bed, like feeling bad about anything. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a change when I make mistakes. I apologize and I try to do better the next time. That's it. Like I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I just don't, I just don't take myself so seriously. My perspective, I think is what really makes this all possible. Um, and quite frankly, like on a practical note, I don't do a lot of me time, you know, and if me time is something that is really important to you, then you got to make sure you get it. But for me, traditional meantime, I'm like, I don't go get my nails done. I don't sit and drink coffee and flip through magazines. My idea of meantime is like taking my kid to hockey and being on the bench as the trainer. Or my idea of meantime is talking to you right now and having a great conversation. Right. So, you know, I, I think honestly, if like traditional meantime is important to you, then I really would not start a business and have six I really, really wouldn't advise that. I I think that's why people do things like, okay, I've got my one kid or my no kids or my three kids. That's what I can do. So know what you're capable of. And there's no right or wrong answer. There's no perfect amount of kids. For me, the perfect amount of kids was six. Yep. It's not the norm for a lot of people, but that's okay because we're all different and we just have to embrace ourselves and what our needs are and roll with it. Totally. I mean, it's funny. I just did a post about me time and it's, my point was it was different for everybody. For me, it's if I'm walking from work to the car, it's about a 12 minute walk. I try and take that time to just notice where I am and not be rushing to the next thing and thinking, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? Right. It's about time by myself. I usually put in a podcast or an audio book or something. And that is my me time or my, my minutes, girl, that's all you're getting. 12 minutes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But you know, you my community is mindful of it, right? Like you're mindful of it. You're present yeah. in the 12 minutes and that's enough to keep you going. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Knowing what your needs are is so, so important. And I don't judge people who need to go and have their massages and do what 
you do you right? exactly yeah so what does do you practice self-care or what does self-care look like for you um look uh oh man that's a good question <laughs> look i do try to go to the gym once in a while right um i do find it hard uh to find the time but again that that's really an excuse because we always find the time to do the stuff we want to do it's true but you do have six children yeah <laughs> so. it's true. It, it, it is true and i do like so you know a lot of times like i'll try and integrate them and stuff like self-care so you know like i've got this 5k walk i do so mm. i'm like guys get your rollerblades on let's go you're coming with or you know get a hop in your bikes i try not to some of them i don't like them to walk with me because they're actually a bit slow so i'll be like get on <laughs> put some, get some wheels and let's go because yeah. i'm getting exercise i need you got you know i i need to be going at my pace so I just try to integrate them in the things that, um, into the, the self-care, you know, um, I, I probably don't do enough of that stuff, but again, I feel fine. <laughs> I'm good. Awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Have you always had that outlook, uh, even when you were a lawyer? I mean, lawyers sort of get a bit of a bad rap of being more, you know, buttoned up. Uh, have you always had that philosophy? Yeah, I think my, you know, it's a, it's a personality thing, right? And mm -hmm. it's, also, it's also an attitude thing, right? So um, I often talk about how I was raised, like I was raised by a mother who never complained. Oh, wow. It was a gift. Yeah. It was a gift. So I try to do that too, because for me, like I just find, you know, people who complain, their mind goes to that negative place and I don't have time for that. Like I have to be productive. I have to get stuff done. And I just find being positive is way more productive and way more efficient. Um, so I, I do often challenge my friends and, and people I speak to to just try to go through a day without complaining mm -hmm. and, and see how, and you'll catch yourself so many times. And the reason I don't complain is because it's not proactive. It's like, you know, I often say, if I, I, saying I'm tired has never made a bed magically appear in, <laughs> in, in this, you know, in the, sleep fairies granting me wishes of sleep like that's not how it happens if i'm tired i need to make a change right and, um and and talking about it is actually just boring that's a really good point yeah like it's boring. people tell me they're tired i'm like oh you just made me tired or how yeah. busy when people tell me they're busy i'm like who's not busy like enough just if you're too busy make a change yes enough yes enough. i'm actually i'm wearing a sweatshirt right now that says busy is not a badge of honor yeah, right on. <laughs> exactly. I also do find it funny when people complain to me about being busy. Like, I'm like, you're telling me that? Okay. Yeah, you're not the person <laughs> to say that to. I'm doing right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> awesome. So what is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? Um, wow, so many. So many. Yeah. I think probably, though, because I have so many children. <laughs> um, a big lesson for me is that, um, and you know, it was something my mom said once to me and it really stuck. And it was that you don't treat your children the same because they're not the same. So to be, to treat mm. them the same would be actually to treat them with inequality. Yeah. So, you know, my kids have all different needs. I adjust my parenting style. I'm sure it's a little harder. It'd be pretty, probably pretty easy if they were all the same and I could just be the same parent to all of them, but that also would be very boring. Mm -hmm. um, I love all their different little personalities. I love that I have to tweak. I love, um, I, I love that. That's what makes this such a fun sport, this parenting thing. <laughs> um, 
The other thing I learned, I touched on it a, a, a few minutes ago, is like, yeah, they, it's, they're feeling guilty is pointless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tell them, I, I just, I'm doing my best and to start saving their own money for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and also being powerless to their perceptions is interesting. And let me just talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, like I said, we're doing the best we can. And the things that we end up feeling like bad about might be the things later that they don't even remember. Yeah. And then the things that we think are meaningless, they're going to come back when they're 30 and be like, that one time you said this to me. And you're like, what? I don't even remember <laughs> saying that. So we are sort of powerless to what, how things land on them. Mm. Because of that, it's kind of freeing. It's kind of freeing. You know what I'm saying? I do. That is such an incredible point to make. I mean, quite often I think, man, is the thing I just said, the thing they're going to tell their therapist about 20 years from now? (laughs) But the fact is- And I've got a great example of this. I've got a great example of this. I've got friends. They're two brothers. And they were on the same uh, football team growing up. And this one year, um, one of them said their dad traveled all the time and didn't come to a single game. And the other brother says dad was at every game. Oh, wow. So was dad at every game or was he at uh, no games? So for whatever reason, the one brother felt fulfilled with maybe dad coming to no games or he didn't feel like his dad wasn't there. Whereas the other one feels like dad wasn't there. So dad physically was at the games or not. We don't know because they both have a complete opposite perception. So that's what I'm saying. That's fascinating. Isn't it? Yeah. So no, neither of them is right and neither of them is wrong. And you can't convince either one of them. Right. What is it? Schrodinger's cat? The cat is in the box. The cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, oh that's why I think it's a little bit freeing. Like, you know, this, yeah, yeah. That's, so we can't get yeah. ourselves caught up because how they perceive it is not necessarily going to be the truth. And we can't argue with them about it. We just have to be like, okay, okay. Yeah. You can't control how they perceive it. That's, that's a very, very good. Wow. I've never actually thought about it that way. So thank you for that. Yeah. So it lets you off the hook because (laughs) there's nothing you can do. You can be the best parent 99.9% of the time in that other point, whatever you can do one thing wrong. And that's what you're going to hear about for the rest of your life. And your old age. (laughs) Great. (laughs) We need therapy now too. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Now you sold Mabel's labels, correct? But you still work for the company. True. Yes. We sold uh, three years ago. Um, But I'm, yeah. uh, And uh, four of us, two moved on to other things and two of us have stayed on full time. Awesome. So is there something, what's next on the horizon for Mabel's labels? What is sort of the next big thing? Are there exciting projects in the works? Always, always, always. I mean, we're always creating new products. We're always engaging with our community. Um, we're just, you know, we have ambitious goals uh, and we have a lot of fun along the way. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And you know what, for me, I just love, I still love that company. It still feels like my baby. Um, so I, I plan on sticking around. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I just, I mean, the, I can't say enough about the product and I love that you guys can do custom stuff. Yeah. Um, you were very kind to do some labels for mom camp, the retreat we just ran and the moms loved them seeing, you know, the, the mom camp specific messaging on the labels and they were all over their water bottles and mugs. It was awesome. 
Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, look, I mean, the thing is, it's a super durable product. It's super cute, highly personalized. So for parents, you know, whose kids maybe don't have, you know, common names and they can't buy anything off shelf, mm. not even buy this off shelf. But you know what I'm saying? Parents love going into our website and just plugging in their kid's beautiful name, picking out some personalized icons and colors, and then hit and send. And then, you know what? We have them out within 24 hours. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was never a Jillian with a G on any chain, nothing, nowhere, ever. So I love it. I love it. Awesome. So how? what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Right. Okay. So... Obviously, if you go to our website, Mabes Labels, that's where I blog and that's where all our information is. Um, also, you know what? I'm on Instagram, uh, cole.julie and Mabel's Labels is on Instagram where we've got a, like I mentioned, a very vibrant and fun Facebook community. So connect with us there. And we and I do a lot of Facebook lives from the Mabel's Labels Facebook page. Oh, okay, page cool. Yeah, I do Mabel Mondays. I do Mabel Mom Caves where I bring on other uh, moms who have special interests or information to share. So yeah, you know what? You can find us. We're easily. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much for this chat. I've really, really enjoyed it. And it's, it's just awesome what you're doing and you're such an inspiration for me as an entrepreneur starting out. And so thank you for everything. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And that was a really fun chat. All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.